Welcome to the Rena Malik MD podcast, where we explore health and demystify the complex to improve your quality of life. I'm Dr. Rena Malik, urologist and pelvic surgeon. Today's guest is Dr. Amy Shaw. Dr. Amy Shaw is a double board certified medical doctor and nutritionist specializing in food allergies, hormones, and gut health with training from Cornell, Columbia, and Harvard. She is the author of two successful books called I'm So Effing Hungry, Why We Crave, What We Crave, and What to Do About It, as well as I'm So Effing Tired, A Proven Plan to Beat Burnout, Boost Your Energy, and Reclaim Your Life. You can follow Dr. Shaw on Instagram at FastingMD. In this episode, we discuss the connection between gut health cravings and your sex life. Specifically, we discuss testosterone and gut health, how to improve gut health, and what is the optimal gut health diet. We discuss six essential foods for your gut bacteria and how weight loss results in reducing cravings. We talk about boosting your dopamine, fasting, and gut health, as well as a circadian-style fast. We hope you enjoy this episode and learn a great deal. Some of the best moments in life are spontaneous, unplanned. But for men dealing with moderate to severe erectile dysfunction, or ED, preparing for intimacy can rob you and your partner of spontaneity. The joy of living in the moment. Now you can restore that spark in your relationship with the AMS 700 implant, a clinically proven permanent solution designed for your satisfaction and your partners. It's the number one physician-preferred implant. It's built to look and feel natural. Happy partners agree. 92% of patients and 96% of their partners report sexual activity with the implant excellent or satisfactory. It gives you the ability to respond to your partner's wishes in the moment, not minutes or hours later. The AMS 700, no pills, no injections, no waiting. For more information, visit edcure.org slash podcast. That's E-D-C-U-R-E dot O-R-G slash P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Sponsored by Boston Scientific. Let's start off. What exactly is gut health and how can it improve our sex life, meaning our hormones, our testosterone, and other things that help optimize our overall health and our sex life? Testosterone and gut health are so intimately entwined so that they've seen studies where the testosterone level actually correlates with the quality of your gut health. In a recent study, they found that there are certain bacteria like Firmicetes that are elevated in people who have higher levels of testosterone. This was done in older men, and they found that it really correlated with the quality of testosterone because the gut bacteria actually metabolize and recirculate testosterone into the system. And so we can um, improve our testosterone levels by actually improving gut health. So some of the reason that you get a boost in your mood and your energy levels with improved gut health is because the improvement of your hormones. So how can we improve our gut health? I know you have like a whole five-step system in your book, but tell us a little bit about how we can improve our gut health so we can get those benefits. I was so shocked. Uh, Rena, when I wrote I'm So Effing Hungry, I was so shocked that how we feel on a daily basis, what we crave, our energy levels is coming from our gut. There's this gut-brain connection that's making us happy, crave, satisfied, coming from this internal environment that's in our colon, mostly lower colon. And there are ways that we can actually improve it. So we know now that if you transplant the gut bacteria from one person to another, you can completely change their mood. They can go from depressed to not depressed. They can go from anxious to not anxious. 
They can even go from non-schizophrenic to schizophrenic. I mean, it's insane that there's no change in the brain chemistry, but just by transferring the gut bacteria, you can change that much of your brain state. So one of the craziest things we learned is that it only takes three days of a change diet, a radically different diet to actually change the gut microbiome. So in a 2014 landmark study, they actually looked at people and they said, okay, let's just rapidly change their diet into a very, very healthy diet and see how long it takes for us to see a difference in the gut microbiome and diversity and levels of good gut bacteria. They were expecting about two to three weeks, but within three days, they could see a marked change and that improved over the next two weeks. And it was a crossover trial. So then they switched them back to an ultra processed, unhealthy diet and they saw it reverted back. So it's really easy for us. I feel like it's something that we should all be talking about more to improve our gut microbiome so it can have better testosterone levels, better uh, hormone levels in general, better mood, more control of our cravings, higher levels of dopamine and serotonin, which are our happiness hormones. That is so fascinating. So just three days. That's that's amazing. And, you know, you touched on this a little bit, but, you know, how it can affect our mood. But also, I, I understand, I saw actually one of your Instagram posts about how the gut bacteria of your father or your parent can affect your child. So can you go a little bit into detail about that? Because we have a lot of, you know, parents who watch this, particularly male parents, and I think they'd love to hear that. It's so fascinating. Transgenerational epigenetics, where you're passing down gene changes from parent to child. You also have microbiome that you pass down from parent to child. And what we found out is that if you're someone who took a lot of antibiotics, didn't eat a healthy diet, you've really used a lot of, you know, we'll talk about, you know, some of the negative things we do to the microbiome, but a poor diet is number one, you know, not getting enough sleep, eating, having a lot of antibiotics in your life, whatever it is, you remove a lot of species of bacteria from your gut. And when you do that, you also remove the species from the next generation. And so what we found is, is that we actually have 40% less diversity of our gut microbes than our ancestors. And we think it's because as, you know, we've gotten cleaner, you know, this whole hygiene hypothesis, as we've gotten more modern, richer, we've started to remove the gut bacteria in the amount of gut bacteria and also in the different species. Wow. So, but that passes down from father to child. So like the in the sperm, essentially, is that what the thought is? Exactly, through the sperm. And also because the people that you spend the most time with in your home, your children, your spouse, their gut microbiome is most closely matching you. So for example, if you took two identical twins and you separate them, their gut microbiome will look closer to the people they're spending time with, to the people they're living with, and that their parents that they're around than each other, even though genetically they're identical. I mean, that is just so fascinating. So let's get into a little bit about what is a gut healthy or a very good gut healthy diet. And you know, there's this is kind of a very big buzzword right now, but there's science behind this. So can you share a little bit about that? I know we hear in the media, oh, plant-based or paleo or keto or what I think we're missing the big picture on is that we're not talking enough about what is good for the gut microbes. The gut microbes, they have preferences 
they're hungry, they're literally starving to death. And so we should be concentrating on feeding those microbes. If we care about our hormone health, our mood, our cravings, our long-term inflammation, then we should be feeding those gut bacteria the things that it wants, not necessarily what's um, trending on in media today. So what I did is I took the six essential foods that the research has found that gut bacteria prefer. So the good gut bacteria prefer certain foods. And the bad bacteria, what we consider inflammatory bacteria, they tend to love sugar and other processed fats and things like that. So we really want to be growing the beneficial good gut bacteria that can help us lower our inflammation levels, boost our dopamine levels, our serotonin levels, our hormone levels. And therefore, there are six foods that you should be including in your diet every single day. I go through all six of those categories so because I know that not everybody is going to want to eat kale, for example. So the category that um, glucosinolates, which includes kale, but also includes Brussels sprouts and bok choy, all of these other uh, things that contain glucosinolates like cabbage and cauliflower, so that if you didn't like one of those foods, you can pick another one. You just want to get each of those six categories in. Guys, do you ever find yourself dragging through the day, low on energy, having trouble in the bedroom, or just not feeling like yourself? You might be experiencing something more common than you think, testosterone deficiency or low T. Did you know that low testosterone affects about 40% of American men over 45? As men age, testosterone levels continue to decline. You might notice signs like impotence, changes in sexual desire, depression, reduced muscle mass, or even fatigue. But here's the thing. It's not just about low T. It's about your overall well-being. That's where Rethink Testosterone comes in, a great resource for all men to learn about how testosterone affects their bodies. Rethink Testosterone is your go-to platform with tons of educational content and evidence-based scientific studies that go over everything you want to know about testosterone, from how low testosterone affects you to the common myths about testosterone replacement therapy and options for treatments. So check out RethinkTestosterone.com, your hub for all things testosterone and low T. Rethink Testosterone is on a mission to change the narrative and stigma around men's hormone health. Why wait? Visit RethinkTestosterone.com today and consider checking your testosterone levels. Always remember you're worth it. Rethink testosterone because understanding your health is the first step to owning it. Head to www.RethinkTestosterone.com today and make taking care of your body a priority. That's that's awesome. And then I know that you know a lot of people ask about probiotics and prebiotics and what are those and do we need them and are they in that role that group of six? Probiotics and prebiotics are in one of the categories called the fiber category. So fiber is a group of things. So it could be prebiotic fiber, which is um, most contained in garlic, leeks, raw-ish bananas. There's certain things that have a lot of prebiotic fiber, but in general, foods that are fiberful are high in prebiotics. Probiotic um, is foods that actually have bacteria in it. This is like your Greek yogurt, this is um, probiotic cottage cheese, your kimchi, your sauerkraut, your kombucha. These foods are essential in our diet to improve our gut health. Now, the problem is, is that most people are getting zero, zero prebiotics and zero probiotics. And so I kind of put them in one category because I thought that it would be easier for people to concentrate and get one of each of the foods in each category so that it's not overwhelming because it's hard to go 
from zero fiber, which, you know, we eat less than 20 grams of fiber on average, 97% of Americans eat, you know, less than 20 grams of fiber to go to a gut healthy 40 grams and above is a big step. And so what you want to do is start incorporating one food from each of the food groups that we talk about. And eventually that will end up making you reach that 25 to 40 gram goal every day. And so I think people really want to know is how do you transition this healthy gut diet? So say you make all the small changes that eventually lead to a change in your in your diet. How does that ultimately lead to weight loss and a reduction in cravings? It's crazy, Rena. I didn't learn this. I don't know if you learned this in medical school, but I never learned that there were appetite suppressing hormones, craving suppressing hormones that actually get created by gut bacteria. Um, so they are peptides. They look like our own hunger hormones and satiation hormones. And they go to the brain and they modulate our hunger, appetite, and satiation. That is just insane. Say that again because I think that's so powerful. I want to make sure if anyone missed it, they they can really take that home with them because that is just, that's the key. That's awesome. Yeah. The gut bacteria itself make peptides that look exactly like our hunger hormones, our satiation hormones, and our appetite centers. So they are sending signals to the brain that overtake our old brain signals. And they are telling you that you're full, but that that you're still hungry. And that's why improving your gut health and really boosting up that good gut bacteria can help you control your negative cravings and improve the cravings for fiberful foods, for probiotic foods, for polyphenol foods, because they're going to ask for what they want and that's going to override what you want. And it's crazy to think that there are organisms inside of us that are actually like modulating our hormones and our thoughts and our mood, but literally the dopamine that bacteria make is 10 to 100 times stronger than our endogenous dopamine. So they are literally in charge. So if you're like struggling with, you know, food addiction, porn addiction, any sort of addiction, doing this could actually help raise your dopamine internally so you don't have to seek it out elsewhere. So I'll tell you, Rina, one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that with porn, with gambling, with gaming, Instagram, food, it's similar. It's all using the dopamine craving pathway and how that works is that when we see porn, when we play that game, when we win that pot, we get a big burst, like an explosion of dopamine in our brain. But the way dopamine works, it's really crazy. It gives us a big burst of, of good feelings and excitement, but then it quickly dissipates into discomfort. So if you've ever played a game or if you've ever you know, known people who really are addicted to gaming porn, you know, all this, it's like, it makes you want it even more. It makes you want to go back and do it even more. So it's our body's way of keeping us motivated. So say you find a big tree full of food, it wants you to be excited about it, but then it wants you to go back and search for that again, maybe get even more for your family and friends. It wants you to keep building. It wants you to keep searching. It wants you to keep mating. You know, it's our dopamine system. It's created to keep us motivated on the tasks that, you know, help us be better humans. 
So basically having more dopamine in your own body is going to help reduce that craving essentially for those other things. So you want to have a higher baseline of dopamine through your foods, through your activities, but you can also replace that dopamine explosion that you get from porn and gaming with positive dopamine explosions. So what I mean is there are things like eating dark chocolate, there, you know, going for a sunny walk, um, exercising that give you dopamine bursts. It's not going to be a machine gun like burst that they are able to engineer with gaming and porn. It's going to be a water gun spray of dopamine explosion, right? So you have to remember that you're going to have to stack some of those natural dopamine releases and increase your endogenous dopamine by your diet so that you can start to replace your cravings for positive ones. So that, you know, once you start to realize, wow, okay, that porn, it gave me that huge dopamine rush, but it just kept me wanting more like the next time. So maybe I change my diet, increase my dopamine levels. I start doing things that are going to give me dopamine bursts in smaller ways, but I'll stack them up so that I can start to wean myself off of this negative addiction if that that's what it is. All right. So I want to ask another thing that's kind of related, but you know, people talk about intermittent fasting. How does that relate to our gut health? Okay. So our gut bacteria, they need rest and sleep just like we do. We have circadian rhythms and we need time, darkness to repair, renew and sleep, right? They also have circadian rhythms. In fact, every living thing on this planet has a circadian rhythm, plants, animals, bacteria, all of it. So they need some time to also rest. They can't be doing their job all the time. And so what we like, just how we feel when we're sleep deprived is how they feel. If you're eating late into the night and then you're eating first thing in the morning, you're really not giving them enough rest, enough time to do the other jobs that they have. So for example, the gut bacteria use food and light from, light signals from your, your body to know when it's day and when it's night. Daytime, they help metabolize you know, your hormones, food, um, send signals to the brain. And then nighttime, they also need to rest and repair. So that's why it's so important for us to give them gut rest. Like just you know, 70 years ago, we didn't have the option to eat huge meals at midnight. You know, mostly people ate their last large meal at sundown and then maybe had some small snacks, but really weren't eating much before bed. And then, you know, in the morning, you weren't rolling out of bed with like a granola bar and orange juice in your hand. You were mostly, you know, getting through the morning, maybe an hour before you had your first meal. And so what I promote for most of the population is to start with something like that, is really do a circadian style fast. So intermittent fasting has so many different meanings, but most people could probably do a fast that starts two to three hours before bed and then ends an hour or so after they wake up. And that will give you a good, um, you know, depending on the timing between 12 and 15 hours of fasting. And that's really, really beneficial for your gut bacteria, for your brain, for your digestion, all of it. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Shah. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode on the Rena Malik MD podcast. If you enjoy listening, the best way to support our podcast is by rating and reviewing this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. This allows us to spread free education to more people each and every week. You can find me on social media on all the platforms at Rena Malik MD, including YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you'd like to see me as a patient, you can easily schedule an appointment at www.renamalikmd.com backslash appointments. And as always, remember to take care of yourself because you are worth it.